Welcome to the First Baptist Cadillac podcast. First Baptist Cadillac is a growing intergenerational family of faith whose mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Join us each week as we engage God's word together. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us at firstbaptistcadillac.org or text WELCOME to 231-261-1112. During this season, it's a season of Advent here at First Baptist. We've been working our way through a sermon series entitled The Scrooges of Christmas. And that name Scrooge comes from the Charles Dickens story, A Christmas Carol. And that name Scrooge has become synonymous with anyone who has a bah humbug attitude toward this season. Now, nobody here like that, right? No, uh, no Scrooges? Do you know a few Scrooges? You might know a few Scrooges. Well, the truth of the matter is, is we've been discovering that there are actually some Scrooges in the Bible. These are characters who hated the idea of Christmas. They hated the idea that God had a plan for the Son of God to come to earth in the flesh. Remember, the, the first two Scrooges that we've talked about, number one, Satan. He certainly hated the idea of God coming to earth in the flesh to rescue sinful humanity. Scrooge number two was King Herod. The uh, one who called himself the king of the Jews, who freaked out when he learned that there was actually a legitimate king of the Jews, and we heard all about what Herod did in his uh, scrooginess last week. Scrooge number three is actually Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Maybe you say, Chad, how can a city be a Scrooge? Well, let's look at our text and find out. It's in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It's very short, but it says this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. That's the key phrase tonight. All Jerusalem was troubled. Now, why would a city, and specifically Jerusalem, be troubled by the birth of Jesus? I mean, we can understand why Herod was troubled. We talked about that in depth last week, but why Jerusalem? After all, isn't this what the Jews had been waiting for? The arrival of their Messiah and their King? Isn't he the one of whom the prophets spoke? And yet, here he is, he's arrived, and rather than be full of joy, they're troubled. It's definitely not the reaction we would have anticipated for Jerusalem. So, why do you think Jerusalem was troubled by the news of the birth of Jesus? I I think the answer is simply this, Jerusalem was spiritually asleep and did not want to be awakened. Jerusalem was spiritually asleep and did not want to be awakened. They were snuggled down, warm and cozy, deep in their covers of spiritual apathy, and hidden behind a giant do not disturb sign. You know, I believe it's probably true for all of us that left to ourselves, we have this desire to be undisturbed, to be left alone, to be left in our comfort, undisturbed. It was true for Jerusalem, and it just might be true for you, and I I know it's true for me, but here's the problem as it relates to Christmas. Jesus came to this earth to disturb. 
You know, we read in Matthew 10:34. I love how that paraphrase, the message um, says it. It says, don't think I've come to make life cozy. And I believe there's a lot of people who are professing Jesus or who are attracted to Jesus because they mistakenly believe that Jesus has come to make their life cozy, to make it safe and secure and comfortable. That's not what Jesus came. And he says so here. Rather, he says, I've come to disturb you. Jesus came to disturb. You see, he comes to awaken us from our spiritual slumber. He comes to disturb our self-centeredness. He comes to disturb our idolatry, anything that we put ahead of Jesus. He comes to disturb our comfort and our security. In short, he comes to disturb anything in your life that competes with his lordship. You know, when I was a kid, and it was time to get up in the morning, and like most of you, I didn't want to get out of bed, and one of the things my parents would do to get me moving was to come into my room and to throw on all the lights at once to make it as bright as possible, and that, that actually isn't me. Um, that person has much more hair than I do. But can anybody relate? Did any of your parents do such abusive things like that? I mean, few of you. And I would respond by pulling the covers up over my head. I would complain about how bright the light was and how it was hurting my eyes. It was very disturbing, but it was also very necessary. My parents knew that it was more important for me to be disturbed, for me to awaken from my slumber. There were purposeful and important things for me to do to get on with that day. And God did the very same thing for the sleepy Jews. It it says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, it says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. That was talking about specifically God's people, the Jews, um, and how Jerusalem was their capital. They were walking in darkness, and God sent light to disturb them, to wake them up from their spiritual slumber. This verse is also talking about us and how we have wandered and walked in darkness, and now we have the opportunity to see that same great light. But Jerusalem, they responded to the light much as I did when I was a kid waking up in the morning. All they wanted to do was to hit the snooze button. You know exactly where to find that on your phone, don't you? When that alarm goes off, to to, to turn off the light and go back to sleep, they did not want to be disturbed by Jesus. They did not want to have him confront their self-centeredness, their idolatry, their comfort their security, all of their me-centeredness. They would rather remain in spiritual slumber of their sin than be disturbed. Interestingly, do you know how far Jerusalem is from Bethlehem? It's only about five miles. Approximately the distance from Mackinac Trail Middle School. Any Mackinac Trail students here tonight? Raise your hand. I see a few of you. It's the distance from Mackinac Trail Middle School to Walmart. Is about five miles. That's how far it was from Jerusalem to the place where Jesus the Messiah was born. So you would think that being such a short distance that hundreds, if not thousands of Jews would come flocking, making the trek from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to welcome their Messiah because it was such a big deal. Yet we have no record in Scripture or in history that any effort was made by anyone in Jerusalem to locate and worship 
the legitimate king of the Jews. Not a single one. Why? Well, because as we've said, they preferred to remain in their spiritual slumber and not be disturbed by Jesus. I ask you tonight, what about you? We know that's the story of Jerusalem, but what about you? Romans 13, 11 says this. It says, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. And so, in light of this particular verse, this Romans 13, 11, which gives us this loving um, caution saying, hey, it's time to wake up. On this Christmas Eve 2023, I have two challenges that I want to give to you very quickly. Challenge number one is this. It's time to take down your do not disturb sign. It's time to take down your do not disturb sign. Many of you are familiar with that picture of Jesus knocking at the door of our hearts. You've seen that before, right? Jesus bothers to knock, to disturb us, because he loves us. And he invites us to leave behind our spiritual slumber and to become fully awake in him. Exchanging our old life of sin for a a new life of righteousness, a life that's made only possible because Jesus, and now he invites you and he invites me to open the door of our heart to him and the abundant life that he brings. The only question is, will you take down that do not disturb sign? Will Will you turn from your sin and turn to Jesus alone for forgiveness, allowing him to disturb you? Why? Because he loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Will you open the door to the one who knocks, to the one who is willing to disturb you because he loves you? Second challenge this evening is this. Disturb your world with the love and truth of Jesus Christ. Disturb your world with the love and truth of Jesus Christ. You see, those who have their lives disturbed by Jesus, those who have had that experience of Jesus disturbing them by knocking on the door, and those who have opened the door can't help but disturb the world around them because they love the world the way Jesus loved the world. Because here's what happens. When, when you allow Jesus to come in and, and when he knocks on the door and he disturbs you and you welcome him, his Holy Spirit, God himself, the spirit of Jesus comes to live inside of you. And so that love that Jesus has from the world now resides in you. And so that same impulse to disturb the world is now resident in you. And so we have this energy, we have this strength and this power and this impulse to be disturbing the way that Jesus was disturbing. And the truth of the matter is when you love someone truly, you are willing to do whatever is necessary to rescue them from danger. You're willing to disturb them. You're willing to speak up when it may not be popular. You're willing to speak the truth in love, even if it means disturbing them. 1 John 2.18 says this, children, it is the last hour. 
That phrase, last hour, refers to the fact that we are in the final chapter of salvation history. And and while we don't know how long that chapter will last, I'm not about making predictions or anything like that, the signs around us speak of urgency, don't they? Boy, the world is such a fragile place, and all signs seem to point to um, a soon return of our Savior. Revelation 22, it's the last chapter in the Bible, and Jesus says this three times in the last chapter of the Bible. He says, I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. I am coming soon. When Jesus says something once, I pay attention. When he says it three times, he really has my attention. His message is clear. We must be ready, and we must do all that we can to help others to be ready. Ready for that soon and second coming of our Lord and Savior. And so we do that, number one, by taking it down our personal do not disturb signs and welcoming the Savior and Lord into our lives. But then secondly, we do it by disturbing our world with the love and the truth of Jesus Christ. Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? Father, thank you for loving us so much that you were willing to disturb us. And God, I pray for any who are here tonight who have bought into Satan's lie that it is better to remain in spiritual slumber than to um, exchange our old life for the new life that you have for us. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. And so we ponder that reality And God, I pray for anyone who is here tonight who is yet to make that exchange. Our old life of sin for the new life of righteousness that Jesus has. Not because of anything we have done. We cannot earn it. It is only by the grace of Jesus Christ. It is a free gift that we receive by faith. And so God, I pray again for anyone who is here who is yet to take down that do not disturb sign. That tonight, this moment, would be the time, the day of their salvation as they put their faith and trust in you. And God, how I pray that you would mobilize this church and all churches, God, who preach your word unapologetically to to be those who lovingly disturb. Not because we want to be right, but because we want others to be right with you. And so God, where perhaps we've grown complacent or apathetic, lukewarm in regard to the the mandate that you've given to us to go into all the world and make disciples. God, in 2024, as we approach a new year, God, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us, that we would be people who disturb our world as you lead us to do so. So God, we thank you for the truth of your word. May we take it to heart tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.